0: He's involved in a number of businesses.
1: He's a great role model. Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
2: This is Cats at Night, John Katsimatidis, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And have we got news for you today. And uh, we're going to have the mayor of Buffalo on to find out what the heck is going on in Buffalo. And then, an exclusive, we have... uh, uh, Congressman elect uh, George Santos on all the controversy going on and so much, so much more. In the studio with us, we have uh, former Congressman Anthony Weiner, Lydia Sarani, my sidekick, and this is John katz And boy, I, I like to find out what the heck is going on in Buffalo. I mean, like 20, how many people died? Like 27, 28.
3: Right, and nationwide, they're talking about almost 40, and they're still digging out people. A lot of people were stranded on the road in in snowbanks. It's really horrific. They're saying, uh, Congressman Wiener, they're saying that this storm is worse than the storm of 77. Although this one was only two days long, it was much more powerful than the one in 77, which was three days long.
4: Yeah, and there's some amazing stories emerging of heroism, amazing stories of people coming together, breaking down outside someone's home and being welcomed inside. And, you know, from every I've I have a, my friend Kevin lives up in Buffalo. There's certain types of snow that's worse than others. We think light and fluffy snow, well, that's a little better. Well, not if it's blowing into 12, 13-foot snow drifts. It's really amazing what goes on there.
2: I had one good friend of mine uh, that lives in uh, Rochester or Amherst area, and uh, he was in his car for three hours, stuck. And then he decided to walk home, and it took him two hours to walk home.
3: My god. Now
2: he's in good shape. He's a young guy. He's in good shape. But I guess if you're not up to par in that shape you're in deep crap. So Sid Rosenberg
3: he put out on Twitter that his pipes burst because it got so cold. Did you know about that, John? No, I didn't know. Yeah, about his that. pipes burst. My sister-in-law that lives in Georgia with my three little nieces, their pipes burst. They're now staying at a hotel. So you have a lot of homes, a lot of places that are simply not equipped for this. I lived in South Carolina. For about five years, and we would get these like ice storms, and people were like, "Oh, it doesn't look that bad," but they're they don't have the salt trucks, they don't have the capability like we do. So you get out there on the road, and it's it's slippery as as all heck, as yeah. they would say. But in
4: Buffalo, it's the opposite. They they're have ready. Every they're You're ready. Right. As a matter of fact, they have these big heavy duty trucks that come through in really high drifts and move the snow, so the plows can come through. But what John described. You know that's the problem. You're caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. You can't stay in your car because it's just too cold, but you're not supposed you're to, going to abandon out of
2: gas sooner or later, right?
4: And, but you don't want to abandon your car on the road, and then no one else can get through. It's a really, it's an untenable situation. People, literally cut people's lives.
3: And the other major story that's everybody's talking about is the uh, the migrants that they were dropped off Christmas Eve, Washington D.C. in Vice President Kamala Harris's home. Uh, Anthony Weiner, what is your take on it? I mean, obviously this was a publicity stunt, but then, you know, he's trying to make a point. Governor Abbott, he sent the busloads of migrants. But then on the other, you know, and I get it why he's doing it, because he's trying to show the world that, hey, every state is a border state. But then on the other hand, you saw these people in their shorts and the T-shirts and it's Christmas Eve and it's cold. So what do you think about that, John, the migrants being dropped off in front of? uh, I think
2: it's wrong, uh, you know. It's, it's that cold. That you shouldn't be dropping him off like that. You know, it's one thing to make a point and one thing I think that borders on the line of stupidity. But I heard they got they gave him shelter right away. Yeah, but yes. I don't I,
4: – look, a bigger question here is, and there are children involved, women with their kids. The bigger question is do you make – at what point do you say, I'm not going to make a political point with human beings? With And what's what they are. They're human beings. And, and, you know, look, this is Christmas. I think just talking the pure politics of it. I think it was an interesting point that was made when they were brought to Martha's Vineyard in the summertime looking but looking for work. And, okay, you're taking it to the rich people's doorstep. I get that. When these people get on these buses, you know what they're told? They're told you're going to be able to go someplace that you can work. They're not allowed to work. When you're waiting for asylum, you're not allowed to work. These people are here because they're trying to find a better way of life. They're here because their countries are ravaged. We have to fix this. This is a responsibility of the of the legislature and the Congress to fix this but it's shameful you I mean you see kids wrapped in blankets on on new, on christmas day it's really in inco- it's 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 incomprehensibly cruel
3: but then you I, I i'm sorry i have to i have to lay the blame on president biden's feet what was wrong with Remain in Mexico policy? What's wrong with having people stay in their country, file, the, file their asylum claims in their country, let it get approved or not approved, and then make the de- – because it is also dangerous for them to come here.
4: Yeah, well, Remain in Mexico is a deal we made with Mexico. These people are not from Mexico. Well, I the know, people Venezuela. cross through other countries.
3: I
2: just, and- I just got a text from the mayor of Buffalo that he, he uh, he's on with PBS right now, and he'll be a little late. Okay.
4: Okay, that's but, great. Uh, it's really kind of him to do this. He's probably got so much on his plate. Yeah, um, but but you know we we have a lot of listeners. When whenever I do my show, the middle, we get we get calls from up that part of the state. Our our, our signal goes all the way up there. Um, well, but, uh, at night
2: it's even better. At night uh, we, uh, um, I think we go from Buffalo all the way. Not Buffalo. We're Buffalo for sure. Uh, from um, uh, Florida all the way up to Canada, yep. all the way up to Northern Europe, hmm. uh, because it's fifty thousand watts clear channel. WABC used to be part of the Department of Defense. I think we still are, but I guess they don't. You know, I'm not sure they use radio anymore for uh, versus. You remember the old sirens? Well, that used but to go hey, off of them?
4: you know I tell you, you, know what this weather teaches us? Everyone should have a battery operated radio at home. seriously I mean you know we have power failures we should there should be you know we should get those batteries. we should get those those um, radios that only tune in one station just oh they only have 77 wabc radio on them
3: right and in a few minutes we will be speaking with new york congressman elect george santos there's a major controversy surrounding him what is true what is not true about his resume I know you talked about this in your show uh anthony what do you think
4: Well, look, he's got questions to answer. The New York Times did a a report, and there have been some follow-up reports showing that a lot of things in his resume there were questions about. I give him a lot of credit. You know, he said he was going to – on Monday, he was going to answer the questions. Well, here we are, and he's coming on to do it. So I give him credit. Now, my view is is, irrespective of what the answers are, that he won, that the voters get to have the last say on this kind of stuff. It's not – and if someone thinks that 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 uh, that he he wasn't honest, or thinks that he doesn't deserve to be reelected, that's another question. But we count on the opponents, our opponents, to, to 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 reveal flaws, the media to reveal flaws, and then ultimately it's up to the voters to decide. And they did they did vote for him, so I, I think under any circumstance he should be seated.
3: What about Lester Chang, John? What do you think about that? You know the uh, the, the assembly.
2: Well, uh, you know the truth is I don't know enough about uh, that race. Uh, He says he lives in his mother's house that's in that district. Right. Uh, Other people say, well, uh, you also have the other apartment. So the truth is, I don't know the truth. Yeah, but,
4: you know, John, you've run for office. You know that if you have a question about someone's qualifications to run, there's all kinds of laws and all kinds of courts that are open to you to knock someone off the ballot to say, hey, they they don't live where they say they're going to live. Yes. The Democrats didn't do it. The courts didn't rule against him. He won the fight. Now, if you can, I think it would be so heavy I understand
2: George Santos is on the, on the Right, line. we
3: hit the breaking news.
2: Okay, he doesn't have it. Okay, so we have... Breaking News, WABC.
3: For the first time exclusively right here at 77 WABC, we are hearing his side of the story. New York Congressman-elect George Santos. Welcome to 77 WABC. Hi, good evening. How are you?
2: Good. Uh there's been so many uh, uh things said about you and I I you know you, you know me uh congressman I believe that uh, you should have your side of the story and and tell people what you want to tell them.
0: Oh John thank you so much for having me and I appreciate you for your uh uh understanding that I think there's always two sides to a story. Um you know Last week, as uh, we all started, the New York Times came out with what they called their big expose of the truth of who is George Santos, which begs the question is, well, why the sudden interest in George Santos now, not before the election? But, uh, again, uh, just bringing me back to the fact that it's, it's we're living in times where people get to say what they want and and the media being the way that the media is often gets. The chance to <laughs> go out there and and do what they do, and it's 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 frustrating because we sit here as we're bombarded by all these allegations and all these accusations. I'll start off by this, and I think this is the one thing that most people have wanted to hear for a long time. Uh, I'm not a criminal. Not here. Not abroad in any jurisdiction in the world have I ever committed any crimes, um, and and I'm more than happy to corroborate that with anybody willing to see uh, copies of, um, you know, a picture of my renewed passports and my continuing my continued visits to and from Brazil. These are all things I'm very transparent about. Now, so,
2: is your family start from started. Brazil or is originally?
0: So my my grandparents went to Brazil. And my mother was born and raised in Brazil, so she migrated to the United States. So it's, it's an American story of immigration, right? This is, And now they're even putting up for questioning if I'm really American, which, yes, I am American. I was born in Elmhurst Hospital in Queens on uh, July 22nd, 1988, so uh, to, to answer those questions. Um, and then to get down to the nitty and gritty, I'm not a fraud. I'm not a, a criminal who defrauded the entire country and made up this fictitional character and ran for Congress. I've been around a long time. I mean, a lot of people know me. They know who I am. They've done business dealings with me. Um, when one goes out there and says, oh, I've worked, and, and I'm not going to make excuses for this, but much, a lot of people overstate in their resumes or um, twist a little bit or ingrandiate themselves. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. I'm just saying, I've done so much good work in my career through my through being the vice president at Linkbridge Investors and working with LPs and GPs across all verticals of the private equity, uh, venture capital market, and in hedge funds, along with institutional uh, LPs and GPs. So I did extensive work on the LP side with Goldman Sachs in my time at Linkbridge. I did extensive work with Citigroup in my time and the LP position. In, in Linkbridge Investors, just like I did work with firms on the GP side of things like Blackstone and Deloitte and Robbins Geller Dowd and so many other big firms in the industry of, of private equity. So, the way it's stated on the resume, doing work for, I have worked for, not on or at or in, yeah, I, I understand that and, and let that be a lesson learned for everybody. But to go out there and say I'm some fictional character that just Showed up and ran, and now I'm a Russian asset. And this, this is not journalism. This is attacking a human being. And well, you were brutal.
2: elected. You were elected to Congress, and and, and the fact is, uh, your opponent should have, uh, uh, if he thought there was something wrong, should have uh, uh, done his homework and said it before the election, and not uh, not after you win.
0: Well, not only that, John. Something that I tell everybody constantly is. I've always been very proud and I've always made many jokes. I'm the kid who came from a basement apartment in Jackson Heights in, New York, in Queens. I was born in abject poverty. My family had various ups and downs. I had my personal ups and downs. I saw through that my mother received her terminal cancer treatment care all the way to the end until she died inside our home in, in, in hospice, home in home hospice care, it wasn't easy. Financially, it wasn't easy. I was twenty seven years old. You know I was just getting started at like the good part of my career, and I was taking care of my very old mother who gave her would have given her life for me, so yeah, I had financial struggles and difficulties in my life, just like everyone else, but it 's things like the New York Times and the Elitist Institution of the New York Times that make a front page cover calling me George Santos and his odd jobs. I worked. Proudly at a call center when I was younger. That's not an odd job. That's a hard earning income blue collar job that elitists at the New York Times look at as an odd job and why it triggers a new. So, in so other
2: words, you said you exaggerated your resume a little bit, but it wasn't anything criminal about that.
0: No, and, and not at all. And, 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 and it's the New York Times again trying to push you towards this you know, you're a criminal, you should go to jail. No. And then now they're at John. Do you know we're living in a world now that apparently I'm a closeted straight man passing through as a gay man. Well,
2: well, well what, I've, what I've now. said, what I've said publicly, I said uh, if they uh, if they ever caught up with every congressman or senator that lies in Washington, we wouldn't have a Congress. Um,
0: well, I agree. I, if they put all 435 members of the House through the same scrutiny they're putting me under. I'd really like to see the New York Times uh, should, should increase in page count. It'd be a much thicker newspaper.
2: Congressman Wiener is here with us because uh, he works for WABC. Do you, you want to have a question? Yeah, I just want
4: to. Yeah, George, I give you a lot of credit for, for taking these questions and for coming on, and I said on my show that I thought you should be seated. But let me just ask you a couple of the specifics. You, you, did, did, were your grandparents Hungarian Jewish refugees that survived the Holocaust? I never said they were
0: Hungarian. My grand so my grandmother I'm sorry uh, I'm
4: sorry. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Forgive me.
0: Ukraine so my grandfather Ukrainian descent, my grandmother, Belgium. So that's the story. He goes from Ukraine to Belgium, they go to Brazil.
4: So 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 entire life. So reports that your grandparents were born in Brazil are wrong.
0: Well, I want to know where they're getting these reports from because I, all I see is a picture of somebody who they're alleging is either my great grandfather or my great great grandfather, and they're saying that a French genealogist did the research. No, I'm I
4: I'm that that I'm, I'm I'm asking you. Are you saying your 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 grandparents were not born in Brazil?
0: Well, to the best of my knowledge, to to the best of my understanding, no, they were Got not. Got
4: it. Did 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 the people did anyone who worked for you perish in the Pulse nightclub shooting?
0: That worked for me directly, no, but we did have people who were being hired to work for the company at the time who during – I was in Florida during the Pulse nightclub shooting at a at another uh, nightclub that same evening, not too far away. But, yes, we did lose four people who were going to be coming to work for the company now, that was starting up in
2: Orlando. Anthony, Congressman Wiener, uh, you agreed that he should be seated, and, uh, I mean, he won the election and if there's any problems uh, let let them sort it out that's uh, that, that
4: that that is my position but this is a chance f- for mr santos to basically clear up some of these things so when 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 you said on wnyc people that work for me were uh, were impacted by the pulse knot club shooting, that wasn't directly that wasn't correct
0: it's not that it wasn't correct i mean worked for me as in they work for the company i was an employee of that's that's in the whole context of the conversation and look let me make it very clear that again, a tragedy. Why? Why would I benefit from anything from that tragedy? I was in Orlando, and, and famously known. That was a very gruesome weekend. We had. I had attended a concert that evening of a YouTuber at the time, pretty popular, Christina Christina Grimmie, who was murdered by a deranged fan uh, after after the concert while autograph signing. The next day, we had the Pulse Night Shooting, and then the following day, a child was dragged into the lake at Disney by a gator. So this is. This was Orlando's weekend, that one weekend. It was a tough weekend. I
2: remember that child in uh, Disney World.
3: Uh, Uh, Lydia, you had something? Congressman-elect, just uh, once and for all, what do you think about the New York Times piece on you? Will you sue them for defamation? Because that article basically set out to, to destroy you, to destroy your career, basically called you a liar. Like you said, they claim that you're not Jewish. They said you're pretending to be gay just to get votes. Once and for all... Settle the record straight.
0: Well, the record is I I don't know what my options are. Um, Clearly, I've I've spent the last week. uh, My mother's 60th birthday would have been on the 23rd, on on the 22nd. She passed six years ago on the 23rd of December. We had Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. It wasn't the best week for all of this to happen, hence my silence. And I I was just taking time, regardless of this story or not. It was going to be a week. I was going to be quiet anyway. Uh, But the New York Times, I'm going to look through and see everything. And just like they nitpicked at me, now it's going to be my time to nitpick at both journalists who made it their mission to slander me across this country and across the world. And let's see what happens at the end. But the one thing is I will be sworn in i will take office i will be able to be an effective member of the legislature in the in the 118th congress and i will be able to deliver on everything that democrats failed to deliver and with no offense and not making this hyper political but this is going to be about fighting for our kids fighting for public safety, fighting to lower inflation, fighting to make sure that we lower the cost of fuel in this country. That's what I was elected to do. And I campaigned on those issues, and I will deliver on those
2: issues. Understood, and I think you should be seated because you won the election. Uh, last question. Um, the $700,000 you put into the election, was that your money?
0: That is the money of that I paid myself through my company, the Boulder Organization.
2: Understood. Anything else you want to tell uh, all Americans, all New Yorkers?
0: I think it's simple. Uh, I think I thank all of the people who have been reaching out and stuck by me this entire time. In, in these times, is when you really know who has your back. And I have had an immense amount of support. And I really want to thank each and every person. And I want to make sure that if I disappointed anyone by resume embellishments, I'm sorry. And I will deliver to you on everything I campaigned on because it's still the same guy, still the same message, still the same priorities. And God bless the United States and God bless all of you. And thank you, John, for having me here. Congressman Weiner. thank you very much for uh, throwing the tough ball, curveballs at me. And uh, I'm, I missed the young lady's name. Lydia. On the beginning. So Lydia, thank you very much for your for your opportunity to let me speak. But Thank you, guys, and I think uh, it's great to be with you guys. I wish you nothing but good health. Thank you. Happy happy
2: uh, New Year, uh, Congressman-elect George Santos. Uh, Good luck, and um, I hope things work out for you. Thank you, sir. And now we have some more breaking news from Buffalo. Tell we, us,
3: we have the mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown. It's his fifth term as mayor. He's going to talk to us about the catastrophic uh, snowstorm that's been pummeling the entire United States, specifically the Northeast. Mayor Buffalo, how are you, sir? I'm
5: Mayor doing Brown. Well, thank
2: you very much. Uh, tell us what the heck is going on. I, I, you know, we hear that uh, like 25 people died, 26 people.
5: Well, um, extreme blizzard conditions on Friday and Saturday, um, uh, death toll of about 25. Sadly, that number is expected uh, to rise. Um, uh, Buffalo police uh, tell me uh, we continue uh, to uh, retrieve uh, those who have been lost in the storm. I'm out uh, touring the city right now. Um, visited one of our local hospitals, have been driving around looking at the condition of roads uh, with uh, our Buffalo Police Commissioner, and have been going to different uh, police district stations uh, to thank our police officers, members of the state police, the National Guard, and other first responders that have been working around the clock.
3: And uh, Mayor Brown, the new numbers coming in that the Storm-related deaths in New York alone has risen to 27, and across the country, 55. Uh, I just, uh, it's, I just, I don't, I don't remember it ever being this, this horrible. I think uh, this is they're, they're comparing it to the storm of '77, and they're saying that this one is worse.
5: Uh, it is a horrible death toll. Uh, it actually, uh, we believe, will exceed uh, the numbers in the. Um, uh, storm of 1977. Right now in the city of Buffalo, uh, we uh, have a death toll of 20 people. Uh, our uh, Buffalo Police Department expects that number uh, to rise sadly. And, um, you know, we are doing everything uh, as we continue this operation uh, to uh, provide uh, for the safety of residents of this community, uh, responding quickly to um, emergency medical calls, responding to uh, people uh, stranded in their vehicles. In fact, we have been able to um, uh, rescue Uh, Everyone that was stranded in a vehicle in the city of Buffalo and working very closely with our power company, National Grid, to assist them in getting where they need to go to restore power. Over 20,000 at one time were without power in the city of Buffalo. That number is now down to just over 8,000, and we continue to work closely with National Grid, our power company. Uh, We want to get to 100 percent power restored. We know some people in our city have been without power for four days. That's much too long in these kinds of conditions, Uh, so we are working very diligently.
4: Mr. Mayor Anthony Weiner here. Was was I mean, you, if if snow removal was an Olympic sport, you guys would win the gold medal every year. You guys are really good at this. What was particularly challenging about this storm was what was it about was it about it that made it exceptional?
5: Uh, this is uh, this is one of the most challenging storms we've ever faced. Uh, blizzard uh, conditions, uh, uh, winds of wind gusts of up to seventy nine miles an hour. In fact, people could their homes rocking, Uh, the wind gusts were so strong, Uh, temperatures as cold as minus 22 degrees below zero, Uh, blowing, drifting snow, whiteout conditions causing zero visibility, Uh, plow drivers, emergency first responders having to pull over because they could not see. Uh, With the blowing and drifting snow, snow as high as uh, two Uh, three, four feet in streets, uh, making it difficult for even some four-wheel drive vehicles uh, to be able to get through the snow. And literally hundreds of uh, vehicles uh, that were stuck around the city uh, with people in them having to be rescued. Uh, This has been called a uh, generational a once-in-a-generation storm, and everything that was predicted uh, by the meteorologists and weather people uh, hit this city and then some.
3: Mayor Brown, uh, the 20 people that died in Buffalo, those those deaths, did they result from people going out in the storm, walking, driving? Should they have heeded the warnings by the meteorologists to stay inside?
5: Uh, it's a combination. Uh, we have deaths of people that were walking uh, in blizzard conditions. We have deaths of people uh, who were stranded in vehicles who had been driving. And then we also have people who died in their homes, uh, homes uh, that were without power. And then in addition to that, we have deaths of people who uh, we believe died from natural causes.
2: Wow. Now, uh, how long has the snow stopped and how long do you think it's going to take before uh, you can drive around Buffalo again or or go to the airport and take an airplane?
5: Uh, The conditions have uh, subsided. Uh, Light snow in the city right now. Uh, No longer the blizzard conditions that we have seen. Still a driving ban uh, in the city of Buffalo so that we can uh, tow abandoned vehicles, uh, so that we can open up uh, residential streets. Uh, mains and secondaries uh, have been plowed. We continue uh, to make sure that the main streets are in good condition. Those are streets that lead to our uh, hospitals. We wanna make sure that ambulances are able to get into and out of our hospitals. Uh, so we have begun the process of uh, of recovery, of trying to uh, clean up our city. At some point, uh, because of the volume of snow, we'll have to move from a plowing operation in some areas to a hauling operation. We're actually hauling snow out of communities.
2: Is there anything else you want to tell people before uh, we go? We have to take a hard break right now.
5: Uh, we are Buffalo strong and we're getting great support, uh, from across the state. Uh, uh, Rochester has provided personnel. Uh, thank, uh, Mayor Malik Evans. Uh, we've heard from Syracuse Mayor Ben Walsh, who has offered support. Um, uh, uh, Mayor Sean, uh, Patterson Howard from, from Mount Vernon. We've heard from our U.S. Senators, uh, Senator Schumer, Senator Gillibrand. Uh, we've heard from the Attorney General. Um, uh, Letitia James. And today uh, I was with Governor Hochul when the governor received a call from President Biden, letting her know that her request uh, for an emergency declaration uh, would be signed by the president right away. So uh, Buffalo strong, uh, New York State strong, getting a lot of support from across New York State.
2: Mayor Byron Brown, Buffalo, thank you so much for calling in and letting us all know. A lot of people worry, have a lot of relatives up in Buffalo, and they care about them and they worry about them. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you, John. Thank you very much for your concern and for covering the story.
2: Thank you. Let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have some more great stories for you.
5: This is Cats
1: at Night with John Katsimatidis. And you're a classic example of the people who built this country. On 77 WABC.
3: Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. In studio we have uh, former Congressman Weiner, John Katsimatidis, and myself, Lydia, on the line. We have Dr. William Parker III, he's a retired senior naval officer who after retirement served as president and CEO of the East West Institute and National Defense uh, university foundation before finding founding parker maritime university uh welcome back to cat tonight dr
2: parker
6: uh great to be back on your show thank you
2: tell us uh, doctor this is uh, so many problems in the world where would you like to start
6: well might as well jump into putin it seems to be uh it seems to be pretty popular right now uh you know as uh, has offered uh uh, and Putin has said that they're interested in a uh, in negotiations, but the reality is that Zelensky wants war crime tribunal to happen, and uh, and and Putin, there's no way he's going to take that. It'd be like Hitler saying that he was going to say okay to the war tri- uh, uh, war tribunal. It's not going to happen. Um, But I think we need to watch India there very closely. Uh, Modi has said that uh, he says publicly and privately now that he uh, intends to continue to align himself with Russia and uh, his votes in the uh, U.N. Security Council prove that.
3: And uh, where do you think uh, do you do you really think Putin wants uh, peace negotiation talks? And if so, how should uh, President Zelensky respond
6: I do not think that he wants uh, peace negotiations unless it, it means that he's going to get Crimea, some of the uh, bread basket some of the nuclear power plants and not be held accountable. And I, I just don't see that happening from uh, Zelensky's side of the house, uh, not after what's what's been uh, happening so far. But Putin's put himself in a hard position right now because financially they're in, uh, they're in deep trouble and a lot of the country does not like what they're seeing um, from their leadership and the fact that so many people are coming back in body bags right now. They did not expect the Ukrainians to fight as hard as they have.
2: Dr. Parker, breaking news, WABC. We have some breaking news. Breaking news, uh, former Vice President Mike Pence has filed with the FEC uh, to run for president in 2024. Oh, boy.
3: That is breaking news right there. He
2: was on WABC last week with us. He was in the studio here. Wow. So he's running for president. That's crazy. Let's go back to Dr. Parker.
3: Dr. Parker, you were saying that you didn't expect, uh, I guess, Putin didn't expect the Ukrainians to put up such a fight. Uh, You know, uh, what do you think Zelensky's response should be regarding Putin saying, "Okay, now I want to come to the table and I want to talk about peace?
6: I think he first needs to. I I like the fact that Zelensky said, hey, we're going to go to the United Nations and see what the United Nations will do as far as being a mediator goes. That's not a bad call. Um, But the reality is the United Nations, the United Nations Security Council has an issue because uh, because Russia has a a veto power. Um, So so that won't change uh, much there. But the reality is, I think that Zelensky is, is wise to say, here are my 10 points. I'm laying them out for you. But one of those has to be a a war crimes tribunal. Um, and that puts uh, that puts Putin in a position of uh, saying, if you drop the war crimes tribunal part, maybe we can consider the rest of it. We'll see how that goes. But um Zelensky Zelensky's hard over on the war tri- war uh, crimes, I don't think this goes anywhere.
4: Dr. Parker, Anthony Weiner, tell me a little bit about what you think changes in the winter time in the land battle that's going on there. You know, there's the old cliche about not betting against Russians in a land battle in the winter, but the challenges that they have faced in terms of the diminishment of their of their forces and morale and the like does the, does the onset of of frigid cold weather is that to the advantage or disadvantage to putin in in this in this effort
6: well i'll tell you right now uh in ukraine it's uh, 30 to 40 degrees it's supposed to get up into the 50s um, it's going to stay that way for another uh, week or two. As you see, January come in, it'll drop down into the 20s. The reality is that uh, you have about 10 million people without power right now in Ukraine. They're suffering from uh, frostbite, from flu, from the pneumonia. Uh, all of those issues are starting to face the Ukrainians. But on the other side, interestingly, uh, if you really look at what the Russians have shown up with in Ukraine over the last year, even during the colder months, you realize they're not as, as well equipped as you thought they would be to fight in the winter. So, um, I, you know, I, I think if the Americans were to fight the Russians anywhere, but, but, but even in the winter, um, uh, the Russians would not do well. But they are not logistically prepared to fight long term in the winter and certainly not a trench warfare kind of fight, which is what it's starting to look like on the ground.
2: Well, uh, where, do, where do we go from here? I mean, uh, if we're going to give uh, uh, Ukraine the Patriot missiles, what is uh, uh, what, what is Russia's reaction going to be?
6: Well, I think, first of all, if we're going to give Ukraine Patriot missiles, we need to be very careful that we don't do what we did in Afghanistan, which is an absolute debacle where we leave billions of dollars of equipment behind for, for countries that are potentially our enemies to uh Uh, To take advantage of. So if we're going to put patriot in there, we need to have control of those and make sure that we get those back out um, when when the fighting's over with. So that's one part. The second part is on on how uh, Putin responds. Um, You know, he he says he's willing to go uh, nuclear. I think we need to look at that very carefully. But at the same time, um, we have we have looked weak. Um, In the past, John, you and I talked about this right after Biden was elected. You and I said that this president will face uh, and be tested by many countries right off the bat. And here's what's happened. We've had the debacle in Afghanistan. The Taliban now completely control that. And they're they're doing all kind of preps for bad things to the United States in the future. We watched Russia prepare to uh, come into Ukraine and we did nothing about it. And they rolled into Ukraine. We watched the buildup in China. North Korea has tested over 90 missiles this year, which is the most ever. Um, And there's a big question, Marco, in India, as I keep bringing up, because they keep voting against us at the U.N. Security Council. So I think we have some major issues um, that we're facing, not to mention our borders, uh, some major issues as we move forward.
2: Understood. We've got a minute left. What else do you want to tell the American people?
6: Well, I, I think we really need to take a good, hard look at what's going on in uh, in uh, the South China Sea. I mean, yesterday alone you had uh, – or two days ago you had 47 aircraft uh, enter the Taiwan airspace. That's the most ever. Um, they threatened not only Taiwan, but Japan. Now, tell, tell and,
2: the American people why they did that. Uh, they specifically did that because they were not happy with the omnibus bill?
6: Uh, not happy with the omnibus bill. As we uh, as we say, we're going to increase our, uh, our spending on on defense uh, in particular that we're going to uh, uh, support our friends and allies, uh, which is a good thing. But we are very late in building up our military. And you and I have talked about this before. We went from 600 ships down to less than 300 ships over a 30 year period. And we have got to get back to building ships and aircraft again and getting back to the right numbers.
2: That's a Navy man talking. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dr. Uh, Parker, thank you so much, and thank you for your uh, your great career in the Navy and everything you've done for our country, and God bless you and God bless America. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, and uh, now we're waiting for Bert Flickinger uh, to come on. He's going to give us a little bit of uh, of what's going on, what happened with the Christmas shopping, mm-hmm. and also he's a native of Buffalo, and uh, his family was part of the founding fathers of Buffalo.
3: So, by the way, John, we are blowing up on Twitter, your George Santos interview. A lot of people saying it's peak New York to have Congressman Weiner interviewing George Santos. So it's blowing up on Twitter, this George Santos interview. I want to get your quick reaction to it, Anthony Weiner.
4: Well, look, I mean, I think what it came down to is he was woefully unprepared for basic questions. You can't start an interview. I am not a criminal. And. I didn't hear him dispute a single thing that was reported by the New York Times or by the Forward. I didn't. I didn't hear him clearly dispute the the Forward report that his story about his grandparents being Holocaust survivors was not true. It sounded like he walked away from the statement he made to Brian Lehrer on WNYC about the Pulse Night uh, uh, nightclub shooting. It when sound- did
2: he make that statement?
4: He said, he said it was just before the election, and they had joint interviews. Him. He and He said it
3: was a. For, they worked for a company that he worked, worked for, too. for too. So kind of in a roundabout. Indirect no, no, that, way. That, did he say he owned that
4: company? He said people that worked for me. People that worked for me.
3: So it was a company that it was he a worked lie. for. That, you see, that was a,
4: so that, that one. He basically copped to. He copped to the Citigroup thing, and the, and the it sounded to me, notwithstanding everything else, that he, despite the the protestations. Notwithstanding, it seemed to me that he basically didn't dispute anything that was in that story. But more importantly to me,
2: now let that, me. You know, you're a lawyer. I am not a lawyer. you not a lawyer. Okay. So, but you know, you have a lot of knowledge. You went to Congress for 14 years, was it?
4: A little less than that. Okay. Uh, I left for lying, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the truth is, uh, you think he's going to be seated? Yes. Well, it, look, the math. First of all, one well, of the things I simple. mean is is the U.S. attorney s- s- tough enough? to 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 try to shoot down a congressman, a uh, congressman-elect? There
4: isn't. No, it's not, first of all, there's not going to be a congressman-elect by the time any U.S. attorney gets a hold of him. On January 3rd, he gets sworn in. He's He'll going to get sworn in. He'll yeah. be sworn in. And given that Kevin McCarthy has a total of about, he has a four-vote margin, if, if it's Kevin McCarthy or if it's Steve Scalise or someone like that, they need him. So they're not going to let him be thrown out. Um, but i got to tell you, he came, he was unprepared and he didn't it seems to me that he said he, he
3: embellished on his resume I, I've never embellished on my resume because I always I'm always afraid somebody will call up and say hey did Lydia do X Y and Z so he said he was sorry for embellishing his resume he seemed to downplay it and then if you remember I specifically I've asked him I always
2: said I'm a college dropout I never no. I never said I finished NYU so we,
3: yeah. and then you know I, w- I was trying to ask him hey are you going to sue the New York Times because you're saying it's slander you're saying it's defamatory and then he kind of. I didn't answer that question either. He said he'd put them under a microscope as well. So
5: I, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. The,
4: the thing is, it, it would be liable not to explain it. But look, here's, know, the, here's, here's the thing. The thing that puzzles me is that if you say, okay, I'm going to go on the radio and say I embellished my resume, then say I'm sorry for that.
3: He did say I'm sorry. Oh, he did? He did. He said I embellished and he said, you know, I'm sorry for that. He did say that, that he embellished and that he was sorry for that. But then... When we were talking about, are you really Jewish? Remember, you were asking him about that, about the Hungarian or the Ukrainian, the grandmother. And then I wanted to get in there. So his mother, apparently, she did die of terminal cancer, from what I have read. But on her Facebook page, she has all these pictures of Jewish, uh, of, that she's not Jewish, that she was actually Catholic. So, I mean, I don't know. The, he, it was kind of like a very confusing. But you should see there's a lot of conspiracy theories, even more so about him. About You know why he said he's not a criminal? Because all over Twitter... They're now saying that he's not even really a U.S. citizen. They're doubting his citizenship. Well, rules, listen,
2: if that's true, it's getting worse and worse. If that's true, then the, the Democratic opponents should have done their, their homework beforehand. Right. The Republicans that, that gave him the nomination should have done their homework. And, and, you know, let, let the pebbles fall if they ever do fall. Yeah, but that,
4: yes, there are different things here. One is, should
2: he but be the seated? The man got elected.
4: One, should he be seated? I think the answer is yes. Two is, who's responsible? I think the media is responsible. I think his opponent's responsible. And I think, to some degree, his constituents are somewhat responsible. But there's a third question. Is, is he a, is he a chronic liar? Is that, I mean, and the answer Listen, is, it sure sounds it, that way. Right.
2: Is that guy, who's the congressman from California? The guy? What? Which one? Which one? The one that, that hasn't told the truth in, uh, in years. There's a lot of them. I <laughs> can't. I can't. It sounds <laughs> <can't. It's> <laughs> like set up a, a, a live skit. Uh, I don't know. Which, N- which one is Governor Newsom?
3: About? There's, the so many them. There's so many
2: of them. There's so many of them now. Oh, Schiff. Oh, Shift. Stop saying Shift does not. have tell... told the truth. Oh, cut it out. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, uh, Anthony, you're, you're at WABC for one reason you've got to tell the truth. Uh, that, that's it. All right? Yes. And my opinion, he hasn't told the truth in a long time. That uh, is, I understand I got to agree Flickinger with John zone. on that
3: one. Bert Flickinger, he is a retail expert, managing director at Strategic Resource Group. Welcome back to Cat Tonight, Bert Flickinger.
2: Part of the founding families of Buffalo. Right. Absolutely. And you also,
3: you're, you're one smart guy, as John would say. Uh, tell us about this retail season. What does it look like? I was on my way in. I saw that the exit to go to the mall there was, was jam packed. Is that a good indication that we could see the holiday sales that they've gone up?
1: Uh, Lydia, you're uh, completely correct. The last day of Hanukkah uh, coming through Christmas and also, uh, uh, sadly, uh, but uh, powerfully, the storm affecting over 60% of Americans got everybody and everything from food stores, clothes, got gloves, hats, scarves, hat, uh, mittens, everything. And so uh, the department stores uh, that would have been a little bit tough, Belk, uh, Dillard, Dillard's, uh, Macy's, Kohl's, uh, they they came on strong. Like you said, Lydia, there was a lot of good discounting today, the last day of Hanukkah, and going into New Year in Kwanzaa. Uh, it looks like adjusted for inflation on flat, which is a win in, in this kind of uh, pandemic-impaired environment.
2: So at, at the most, you think, with the inflation of 10% at least, uh, at, the, at the most, you think the sales are going to be reported flat?
1: Flat, John. And our, as uh, I, you know, our strategic resource group forecast uh, going into the holidays was – Adjusted for inflation, uh, minus 0.5 to minus 1.5. So uh, the tough thing is uh, 15% uh, more spending was put on credit cards uh, this Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa season. And about uh, one out of every eight consumers is uh, doing buy now, pay later at really onerous interest rates going forward. So uh that's those are going to be tough bills to pay that'll impair retail uh some in twenty twenty three.
2: Now what do you hear from your relatives in Buffalo? I mean we had the mayor of Buffalo on before. I don't know if you got the chance to listen to it. Uh we I, had- I,
1: I, I did I did uh John and uh credit to uh Mayor Byron Brown with whom um, my sister Catherine Schweitzer's uh worked uh, very cooperatively and successfully with for For decades, Uh, but also uh, as Lydia referenced so well in in an earlier show, and uh, Bob Brown, your news director, uh, Bruce Blinkman from Nassau County, and Mark Polenkarens, the fantastic uh, Democrat, Erie County executive, uh, shared men, equipment, front loaders, everything in bipartisan uh, uh, initiatives. Uh, They're so constructive, so cooperative, and so successful, John. And that's the unspoken story of the storm when uh, Democrat Governor uh, Colonel Hugh Carey a decorated uh, combat vet from World War II with Daniel Patrick Moynihan, another Democrat, uh, Jimmy Griffin, Democrat mayor of of Buffalo, and Ned Reagan, county executive, who went on to become state treasurer. This storm, as Mayor uh, Brown and the governor said, we knew about this storm a week before it hit. When Governor Kerry was keeping uh, New York City from filing for bankruptcy, he had the foresight to put together a task force between city, county, federal, and multi uh, country. So uh, he had the Fort Bragg Engineering Group uh, come up, uh, National Guard, in a factor of about 10 but You live there most
2: of your life. How long is it going to take him to clean the place up so people can start uh, uh, working again?
1: Another three to four hours, John. And the difference is uh, Governor Kerry had all uh, our warehouses plowed, as well as all the other grocers plowed from the warehouses to the stores. And the uh, uh, Army uh, National Guard brought helicopters to our warehouses when the snow got too big. We airlifted food and medicine to the stores that uh, Governor Kerry and the mayor and the county exec had fleets of uh, close to 1,000 snowmobiles delivered through drifts in the storm of 77. Yes. uh, That were 30 feet high. And if we got through uh, that storm uh, cleanup in in three to four days, we'll be able to do the three to four days.
2: I understand. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Bert Flickinger, and we'll catch up with you again. Give us, uh, give us a text if you hear any other breaking news. Uh, best,
1: best to you, Lydia, uh, Marco, John.
2: Merry um, Christmas uh, and happy New Year, year. And, Merry and Christmas, on
7: your great team.
2: We're gonna go right to Doctor Michalos right now.
3: Our resident medical genius, Doctor Michalos, what do you have for us?
7: Well, the first thing now uh, you're talking about the Buffalo storm. I wonder how electric cars did on those salt-filled uh, snow. Uh, snowy roads in uh, buffalo i'm sure uh, they probably had a tough time getting around and uh, the other interesting news tonight to make our listeners aware because we want everyone to live longer is it was just a breaking news announcement a few hours ago that uh, a bunch of lots of medicine quinapril used for blood pressure 20 milligrams a bunch of them are getting recalled because they found a high level of nitrosamines which are carcinogens in them so if you're on are they made in china doctor uh... they didn't say the origin remember what we talked about one of the interesting thing everything you buy has a label where it's made in but our medicines they were able to lobby and get that through where you pick pick up any of your pill bottles it doesn't say where it was made in. everything else you buy if you buy a trinket a pen it says where it's made but your own medicine they've been able to hide that from us so we don't really know where the medicine made but the point is just call your pharmacy and ask was my lot involved in the recall we want to keep our audience healthy the other thing is We're going to talk about some happy news as we start the new year. And a study came out that showed that purposeful people with positive life goals live longer. And having a strong sense of life purpose is defined as having a purpose in life and being responsible for one's own actions. And the positive meaning of life is related to health when you have clear life goals and you get uh, less activation of depression too. And we now know uh, very well, as we all know, that grief releases stress hormones and that decreases our immune function that 's why when you 're stressed out, you get sicker, and the ability to fight all viruses and cancer drops and People with purpose had a stronger amount of these called natural killer cells, and those killer cells are the guardians of our body, and they patrol our bodies twenty four seven and go after cancer cell virus cells so and stress cells.
2: that stress creates uh, you, you have a problem with the uh,
7: your immune system Your immune and these system. natural killer guardian cells, they can't perform their job. They put out a chemical called perforin. And it actually punches holes in disease wow. cells and to kill them, which is pretty amazing. And they did a study where they followed 136,000 people, average age 67. And the people who had a more positive and more attitude of gratitude and thankfulness, those people had 17% less cardiac deaths. And also they found that a lower chance of Alzheimer's in people who had a higher... Sense of purpose and more uh positive attitudes and were more grateful despite adversity and uh people with positive uh purpose lives uh basically had stronger immune system and uh things like autonomous living positive uh you know living in the positive moment kindness thankfulness all those things help stress burns you out and it uh avoids stress and uh, health wealth is uh, and uh, the time to enjoy it is the goal for the new year and get your annual physicals and uh listen to wabc for more health tips and more health tips uh,
2: uh, dr michalos will help you live to be a hundred if you follow uh,
7: his advice your know,
2: advice i guess so See, I'm making the claim. You don't have to make it, uh, Peter. Uh, (laughs) Merry Christmas, Peter. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you. And
2: what do we stand for on this show? Truth, Truth justice, justice in and the, the American, American way. way. God bless America. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you want to celebrate. Oh, by the way, the God George bless.
3: Santos interview will be on all of our social media platforms. Stay tuned. We're getting a lot of requests for it. So, just stay tuned. It will be there on social media. Go to 77. Go to wabcradio.com or 77wabc on our Twitter.
7: Great job.
3: Thank you.